Hi, everyone. Welcome to Talk on Topics. Today, we have with us Connie King, who is the founder of BlackAmericaResearchDirectories.org, and she's also the blog host of Bard Blog. Bard Blog. Without further ado, Connie, how are you? You know what? I'm doing well today, Lo. It's a bit raining out here. I'm in Southern California, so uh, we're getting uh, a little bit of uh, some due-to-us uh, weather and rain here. In our yeah, that's city. true. Where are you um, about? Do, I, I can tell uh, if you want me to. I, I, I actually live in Moreno Valley, but I work in Indio, California. Well, I'm not well, too Indio far is near Palm here. Springs. I'm in Rancho, Cucamonga. Oh, okay, okay. We're local. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I eat, I eat. <laughs> so, Connie, what is the Black American Resource Directory.org? Okay, the Black America Research Directory was uh, or is a directory. It's a space for Black Americans to find resources, uh, whether or not if it's mental health therapists that look like them, whether or not if it's food, housing, shelter, the type of resources that uh, target uh, African Americans, Black Americans, in terms of providing the help that they need. Thank you. And what you were the founder of Bard. What gave you the inspiration behind creating the blog and creating this organization? Okay. So the 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 blog is housed on our website. So in order for you to get to Bard, the Bard blog, you would have to visit the Black America Resource Directory website because that's where our blog is hosted. Uh, from a personal experience that I had had uh, with a family member who had admitted uh, uh, to be using drugs, I went in search to try and help uh, my family member. And when I typed the information, the only place that I kind of knew where to go to get some information was Google. And when I typed Google, uh, you know, how do I help, da-da-da-da-da, put in the information, 17,000 different results appeared and I only needed one. <laughs> By the time I actually uh, stopped being angry at the situation and put on my help hat, um, I, after about four days, actually found the resources uh, that we needed to help our family member out. Um, one of the disappointing or the frustrating factors in that search was I called an 800 number. Mm -hmm. a hotline number. And there was a recording that came on and said, please leave your name and your number and somebody would get back to you. And I'm yelling into the phone as I'm looking into it, say, no, but you're a hotline. So you're yeah. supposed to be here 24 seven. And as a result of that, I just start sharing that information with other mothers, with neighbors, with friends, with people that I went to church, coworkers, so on and so forth. And lo and behold, especially in the African-American community, we all pretty much were facing some of the same or similar uh, uh, challenges in trying to find relevant resources that would help us at any particular time uh, in our situation as we needed. So that's exactly how the directory um, was born, was out of a need. And once we got started on it, the one thing that we kept hearing was we need this. Our experiences in the Black community are so unique. 
And they're so different than other cultures that we needed to have something, a space where we can land and find the information that we needed. Now, one point I do want to make low is that this is not exclusive. It is inclusive. We have had families um, who were not African-American that had a biracial granddaughter who was diagnosed with sickle cell anemia. And they came on the site because they wanted to find out more information and resources about sickle cell anemia so they can understand it better. So although we focus on the African-American, Black American culture, it is uh, uh, open to everyone's use. That's wonderful. What is... um, what is one of the main resources that you find um, come up often in the Black community? Well, right now, according to our analytics, it's food, housing, shelter, um, college, uh, especially for students who are looking for information. We researched and found a Pew study that was done as to why African-American students were enrolling in community colleges or four-year universities, but they were not completing their education. And Mm -hmm. one of the uh, factors that pointed to that was that they lacked resources that were available in other communities. So Mm -hmm. now we're working with one of the uh, colleges, uh, Umoja, and they have uh, 70 different programs uh, in different colleges across Southern and Northern California to help us identify and say, okay, what are the type of resources that students will need to help them complete their college education? And those resources are the resources that we list on the directory. Mm. What about for someone who may need help but don't even know the type of help that they need? Great question, because now we have a campaign that's going out and it's called Tell a Friend. Really? We're saying your outreach. uh, Matter of fact, we just had a discussion about this is how far does your outreach go? Mm -hmm. Because haven't you heard the term that somebody, I knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody. (laughs) How far did that knowing somebody goes, it can go back generations and go back to 15 people. So if I know someone that I may not necessarily need food or shelter or housing right now, but I may need know someone who wants uh, their their son or their daughter is getting ready to enter college and maybe they're looking for scholarships. Um, One of the dentists that we have, um, on the platform, she said, Connie, this is a wonderful, wonderful resource because I see patients for one reason, and that's for their oral hygiene or their, you know, extractions or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. She said, one of my clients may come in and say, hey, I just lost my job and mm-hmm. I'm going to be, you know, possibly homeless or I need ex." this, that, or the other. So mm-hmm. now we're uh, approaching the Uh, diversity practitioners to say, although you see just the patient for one particular issue or situation, now you can say, well, hey, I'm talking to my client about this. Here's a resource. This uh, can help you out. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. What was um, behind the drive that started this? I mean, and I know you said it was a family member, but what gave you the the um, fuel to keep going? 
Well, I'm going to, that's a great question. It's a great question. First one has been asked of me, but let me tell you this. I started a nonprofit back in 1992 after the Rodney King uh, incident had, had wow. occurred called Passages to Success. Okay. And we focused on uh, at-risk youth that were in uh, the housing projects. We sent two kids to space camp. We had a program with Rockwell International. So I've always had some kind of involvement, some kind of way in the community. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a native California, born and raised in Los Angeles, um, graduated from CSUN in Northridge. So I've always had community roots uh, base in my blood, if, if you will. I'm gonna be really honest. This mm -hmm. was not a project that I had uh, in my on my bucket list or in my cards. And it was something that I kept telling myself, look, I want to retire in three years. I don't want to get involved with anything else, you know, and just leave it. But it kept gnawing at me. Mm. It kept gnawing at me. And every I'm like, OK, I'm going to surrender to the universe here. And if, in fact, this project is the one that I'm supposed to be. Um, in charge of and, and executing, then you have to give me the resources and the information I need. I'll do the work mm -hmm. and I'm committed to doing the work, but you have to give me the resources. And it has been a blessing mm -hmm. um, for the last past uh, year. So what keeps me going is when I read, um, it's, I'm reading now a book called Color of Law. Mm -hmm. And it talks about systematic racism mm. and how intentionally real estate was uh, redistricted for our people. Homes were taken from doctors and burnt down and so on and so forth. So I, I get a little angry. Uh, mm. And that anger, I think, fuels some of what's driving me now because my thought process, well, if we can't play in your world, we can create our own like we did in Tulsa. So we've done it before. Love it. We do it again. So love it. that is the objective. Wow. I love that energy. I love it. Um, I was going to ask you, it sounds like you have a passion for the community. It sounds like you have a passion for your people. Where yes. does that passion come from? You know, I think that some some of it is just innate. It's just okay. It, it, it's in me. My my parents, um, they raised us to the point where we knew who we were as a people, mm, as okay. children. Um, it wasn't overly. It wasn't uh, negative. It wasn't. It was. This is who you are. This is what you can accomplish, and this is it. So it's it's up to you. But I think part of it is just growing up in Los Angeles, um, not really being faced with a lot of obstacles or anything of that nature. So it doesn't I don't want to seem like, you know, it was a hard way to go or anything of that nature. I think I just have a love for my people. Mm. And I don't know if that can kind of be explained or anything. It's just something that was in me that made me take you know, the position that I've taken. And I've always liked to be involved. I've always planned something, some kind of way, whether if it's jobs, whether if it's somebody's birthday or whatever the case may be. And I think that that's where my stronghold is, is the connecting, is getting, is connecting the dots with different people. And that's what I want to do uh, with the directory as well. Do you feel like you're fulfilling your purpose? 
Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I, 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 I do. At times, I don't feel like it, but for the most, for the majority of the time, when I'm meeting with with people as yourself and other discussions that I'm having, and when I see the enthusiasm that I'm getting in response to just share, excuse me, sharing the directory, it's like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is a great opportunity and we need it. And thank you for doing it. Mm-hmm. That gives me fuel also, because now I, I feel that I'm on the right path and that our people can benefit from um, the work that I'm doing with the directory. That's wonderful. Do you collaborate with other businesses? How do you find out about the available resources that are out there? There are several different ways in which we connect. So in terms of businesses, through our social media platform, we have groups such as like Black Riverside or mm-hmm. the uh, Women's uh, of Color. So we, we we make sure that we position our postings Good. and our advertisements in groups that specifically deal with Black Americans or their Black own organizations. We also, um, in terms of uh, do our own research, we do have a team that uh, does some of the research for us. So like all the Black colleges, um, there is uh, several uh, websites and people that we connect with, blackdoctors.org. I just did a, bo- a podcast with them. So if you're anywhere in the United States and you want to find a Black doctor or Black uh, therapists or black dentists. Uh, there's a group of uh, uh, black-owned female dental owners that, wow. that own their own businesses. So all this information, as we do our research, it comes to us. Sometimes we go out and we're looking for it, and then most of the time, but it's through our research uh, efforts, and sometimes it's pretty much through word of mouth or connections, or I heard about this particular organization, or I heard about this, and then we go ahead and reach out to them and put them on the uh, website as a result of that. Thank you for sharing that. It sounds like you guys are very resourceful. Um, Just one last question. Let me see. I'm just thinking a moment. You mentioned earlier about following a voice. Something was tugging on you. How did you learn how to listen to your intuitive? Well, I really had no other choice. I couldn't sleep at night (laughs) on my way to work because I have an hour and 10 minute drive. It was constantly in my head. Um, so I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg, you know, <laughs> thought or this came first, but I know that it was it was uh something that, that kept tugging at me and it kept leading me to mm. different places. This was a concept and it was just an idea I had in mind to put a just list some resources on the website and black people can go and they can find them. Well, no. You have to start a business if you want to do certain things with this. So I was fortunate to uh, be partnered with a couple of local organizations, Small Business Development Center, who provided me the training to create a website. Mm. I had never created, never done anything in that nature. They taught me how to do that, the marketing portion. The Inland Empire Women's uh, Development Center helped me with the messaging in terms of social media. So I've had uh, quite a bit of of help 
in terms of, you know, uh, trying to create a, a quality product for our community. Well, it sounds like you listened to the voice and the voice led you to the right doors, the right windows, and you flowed into this space. Exactly. Right, easily. Wow. Exactly. 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 Do, you think, do you think that that confidence comes from your upbringing? You had mentioned that you're, and this is my last question. I know I said the last one. Was, no, 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 go ahead. But does, do you think that that comes from your childhood? You had mentioned that your parents raised you to be grounded and rooted in who you were. And I, I imagine growing up in L.A., that's a pretty huge city. How did you maneuver through the noise of the social conditionings of, you know, uh, just at school, possibly or in college, you know, all around you, the voices on the outside. How did you remain solid to yourself, true to yourself? You know, I do believe what's instilled in you will be the essence uh, of who you are. To me, man is the sum total of all of his experience. And that that you experience in life, that is who you become as an adult person. So the information that I received in terms of my upbringing was loving. It was my parents sitting down and talking to us at a level and understanding where they didn't fluff things. They didn't, they, they made it real. They didn't harper on certain things, but they wanted us to understand the position that we would be faced with as we got older and how to handle certain situations. And they taught us that through their examples mm -hmm. of certain things that we saw, how they reacted to situations and circumstances. My mother, strong woman, minister at First DME Church here in Los Angeles, and through her example, um, our father was a philosopher. He liked Aristotle. He liked mm. Socrates. So he mm. would bring that balance of philosophy into mm. it, where my mother was like, you know, the stern uh, figure, but taught us how to be ladies, you know, mm. how to be young ladies, you know, how to cross your legs and, yeah. you know, do certain things that were just kind of part of um, uh, our upbringing. But in terms of being true, to ourselves, they gave us a voice and they let us talk. Mm, wow. Um, you know, they didn't like, I mean, they did in certain instances where children were to be seen and not heard, but for the most part, we were able to express ourselves. And I think that that's what prepared us. Uh, my husband tells me now, he says, um, your father did a great job because our fathers <laughs> would make us challenge him in conversation. And he said, that prepared you to deal with many of the males that you would have to deal with either on your job or your relationships or just in existence where you're not timid and afraid to speak mm. your mind and be, you know, who you are um, as a woman. That is awesome. I love, I love that you were able to share that with the audience because so many black community or black people, so many people in the black community, um, didn't have that type of upbringing. You know, we didn't have parents who shared philosophies with us and were able to, you know, um, be calm enough to speak with us rationally without um, having um, stress in their voice or anger, you know, and, and I'm only speaking from my experiences, right. And those around me. And um, I just know that 
in some black communities, you know, especially when they're single households, they, we just don't have that that loving structure, you know. Okay. And I think that that's wonderful that you have that role model. Can, can I say one thing to your point? What we find ourselves, and, and, and I learned this through just working the project here. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it because it wasn't there for me to see at that particular time. Mm-hmm. But one of the things, and, and I hope that I can, I can share um, the conversation and you'll have her on uh, your program as well. She and I were talking uh, and, and, and her name is Short and she has a program. And she said, Connie, one of the things is, is that if you grow up in a home that say is, is an abusive home, okay, mm-hmm. use that mm-hmm. as an example, could be verbal, physical, or, or whatever the abuse is. And you're eight, nine years old and you're seeing this. No one stops and teaches us when we become adults how to cope with that. So guess what? I picked up, not me, but I'm just saying general. Mm-hmm. Drinking and smoking because that's what our parents did after they had an argument or yep. they had a fight. Yeah. And then guess what? Light when it we, up. When we when we move into our own relationships as what we become we adults, what do we do? We so, model. Yeah. Monkey see, monkey do. We model. Exactly. It doesn't matter what they tell us. Don't do what I do. Well, I see what you do. And if this is my first model, um, you know, as children, if our first models of woman and man interacting is aggression and abuse and verbal attacks, we're not teaching our children how to have um, structured conversation. Or living. Yeah, or loving. Exactly. Or relationships even. Exactly. We don't know how to relate to one another unless we're argumentative, unless we're fighting. And that's why we still fight amongst ourselves. But Lord, that's by design. Some of it. Okay, let me put I agree. It. Most of most of it, most of it is. I agree. Is, yeah, most of it is back, is, is. back when they had us in the house telling, mm-hmm. "Oh, you get to come in and you don't." Mm-hmm. That's gonna make me if I'm pulling cotton and it's hot as hell. I'm gonna be yeah. looking at you like you think you better than you're not. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. Exactly. I'm gonna be feeling that way. And exactly. then after after slavery is done, I'm supposed to tell this little light skinned girl you're not supposed to be feeling that way, even though massa had you feeling uh-huh. that way. You can't mm-hmm. feel that way. No. Yeah. You see yep. what I'm saying? It, oh, it, I got you. Program, you're asking us to program years of generational conditioning. Yes. It just doesn't happen overnight. You yes. didn't learn how to walk overnight. You're not going right. to unlearn overnight. Yeah. But I think that there's more awareness, especially forced eye opening, has had to have happened because yes. we can't continue. If you if you always do what you've always done, you're going to always get what you've always gotten. So if, in fact, we don't back it up and change our mindset about it, yes, then it is it, not it's not going to change. So that's why I said we there's different elements. One is the coping. Okay, yes. at what age do we get them so mm. we can say, okay, coping? Is it too late for me now as an adult to learn coping skills? No. no. So I think coping with those stru- structures and those systematic environments that we would put in, if we have some mechanisms to help us cope with it, at least we can begin to kind of deal with it um, in, in terms of a matter, you know, that's on a larger scale, yeah. I, I do believe. Yeah. 
one voice at a time. Yes. I love, I love what you're doing in the community. I love what you're doing in the community. I am, you know, if I can say this, I'm so proud of you. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I am. I, I just feel, I so, I feel so blessed for this opportunity. I, you know, love what you're doing again in the community. I love your energy and your assurance. I mean, the confidence is coming through the screen and I appreciate you. Well, I want to say thank you to Miss Jasmine for making the connection because it's those type of connections that give me the opportunity to speak, learn, share, and for you as a beautiful sister for doing what you're doing in order to help spread the word. So we're all kind of collectively trying yeah. to reach and achieve the same goal. Yes. Different paths in terms of how we get there. But ultimately, you see, we end up meeting and we're together, right? So and I love it. I love it. <laughs> Keep doing it. Thank you. Visit the website www.blackamericaresourcedirectory.org or .com. You don't have to put the www in front of it. So. And do you have a social tag so that the audience can reach you if you have any social media platforms? Yeah, we have we're on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. We are more active on the Facebook platform. Um, at this particular time than the other ones. So that's the ones that I would suggest in the Instagram uh, uh, as well. Thank you so much, Connie. We appreciate you. Talk about Listen, it. from my heart to yours, I want to say thank you, sister. I appreciate it. Thank you.